0: How do children's authors build strong book businesses and grow their impact? By hanging out with Lori, here on The Writer's Way. Hello, writers. I have a confession to make. But I don't think I'm alone when I confess that I really don't like social media. Okay, so actually, I like my Facebook groups. I have two Facebook groups. And I really like that space because there's tons of authors, children's authors, and other spaces I created. So it makes them fun to hang out in. And if they ever become not fun, then I change things. What I don't like is that weight, that burden of content creation, showing up. How do I show up? How do I find people? After you show up, why are people coming? All that kind of stuff, right? I've been at this for quite a few years, and when I started, it really felt like social media was the only way to market because I didn't know how to market, so how to sell my books, what to do. I looked around, and what were other authors doing? Well, it kind of seemed like everyone was on social media, probably because that's where I was looking. But seriously, how do people sell things on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Pinterest? It seems easy enough when you see other people doing it. You make a post, you sell some books, you make some money. And maybe it was like that, you know, be prior to like 2010, 2011. But now everything is so crowded. It's a struggle to even be seen. And so what we're going to talk about over the next few episodes is how A, you're not just up against other authors. You're not just up against other booksellers. You're up on social against, I don't know, makeup brands and Kardashians and Jason Momoa's divorce and subsequent reunion with Lisa Bonet. That's what caught my attention. So we're not just competing apples to apples here, right? We're competing apples to every single other food on the planet and it's really really tricky. So as I go through this series of podcast episodes I'm just gonna right off the bat talk about the elephant to the room. I don't post that much on social. I wear a lot of hats these days. I'm not even honestly focusing 100% on selling my books because there's other things that I'm more passionate about And after I do all the to-dos, all the client work, all the strategy planning, all the organization and management, it feels exhausting to me to think about posting on social. So by the end of this series, I will share my strategy, what I'm doing now, and how it just makes sense. But it's going to take me a bit to get there so that you come to agree with me (laughs) that we don't have to be creating content and showing up on social all the time every single day. Now, when I talk to people, some people will send me messages, right? And they're like, do I talk to you about social media and what the heck am I supposed to do on social media? And so I have to ask them this like pompous question that I hate asking, but I don't know who else to ask. So I usually like apologize and then I say something like, "Here's, here's the question. Do you want to be a quote unquote influencer? Or do you have a love-hate relationship with social media like every other author I've ever talked to? Now, if you want to be an influencer, I'm not talking like, do you want to be a Kardashian and have video cameras follow you around every day? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, do you foresee yourself wanting to post multiple times a day? Do you foresee yourself wanting to learn and master the algorithms? And they're different on every platform. As similar as they are, they are different. Do you, there's basic sort of algorithm knowledge and then every three months or so they change. So do you foresee yourself putting in the work and the time and the energy to figure out the algorithm to start with and then to maintain your learning and education because it changes, right? And, and there's lots of people who do this and it's not like it's, I guess, rocket science, but it does take you know, hours of your time a week and lots of energy. So do you see that happening? Now, maybe you see that happening. So then the next question, maybe you think, yes, I can do that. No problem. I love social. I love algorithms. All that stuff really fires me up. So great. So then the second question is, with your book that you have written or your books or your series, have you carved out a niche for yourself that will do well? So if you say, my book is just for fun, it's just to help kids enjoy reading, you, you might struggle, right? Typically, the books and the authors and the brands that do really well on social have a very definitive niche. They solve a main problem. Their audience has a pain point and their books and their social posts and what they're sharing solves or speaks to that pain, that pain point. I hope that makes sense. So if you have a book that you don't even know who your main audience is, or you don't even know what the big benefit is, you're going to struggle on social. If you have squirrel syndrome and you have five businesses on the go and no time to eat or sleep or learn anything new, you're going to struggle with a social first strategy, right? So if that doesn't sound appealing to you, like if everything that I just said, Sounds like, oh, hell no, that is not me. That is not what I want. That's not how I spend my time. I know me personally, like taking out my phone and taking a picture of something going on in my life in the moment, like that never happens. It doesn't even occur to me to take my phone out and take a picture. And so any pictures you see of me or like my life, it's very deliberate. I've had to pre-plan it because that's just not how I think. And so if that resonates with you, then my guess is you don't want a social first strategy that's not going to happen in the foreseeable future. It's just not for you. And like, that's totally cool. It's totally cool. No matter which way you go, you just have to make a decision and go with it. And I think most people know Okay, so let's take a couple of minutes, and we're just going to talk about where social media falls in the scheme of traffic when you're getting people to find you and find your books. And then next time, I'm going to uh, tell you about my experience trying to find some good books to uh, review to help you do better on social media. Spoiler alert, it didn't go very well. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit more about social media traffic. and. And why, if you're like me and you have this love hate relationship and you don't have a social first strategy, it makes sense to let it go because often people resist. They push back against me when I say, no, you don't need a social first strategy. They push back like, yes, I do. I have to be on social. I have to constantly create new things. I have to show up. That's where the people are, right? I want to go where the people are. So traffic is people who discover you, right? That's really it in a nutshell people can discover you on social media, yes. But do they actually? <laughs> the way that you're doing social media, the way that you're capable of doing social media, because sometimes we're just not capable because of what's happening on, in our lives, right? With our jobs and our families, et cetera. And so if the way that you're doing social, social is making it really hard for people to discover you, then you don't, you shouldn't have a social first strategy, which means you shouldn't be spending all your time and attention on social. That traffic is not high quality. And I've talked about this in the the Marketing for Children's Facebook group quite a few times, and I'll probably talk about it quite a few more times. But traffic on social, like think about your own behavior. Those few times that you do pick up your phone, that you do end up scrolling on Instagram or Facebook, what's catching your attention? So now chances are you're looking at things to do with books and marketing, but when you're there just for fun and you just kind of scroll, like let's say you get lost in what's that one, celebs commenting on celebs, or you get lost in the Jason Momoa drama, or wherever you are, you're getting lost in something. Are you on the lookout for something to buy? Are you on the lookout for new learning? Are you on the lookout for things for your kids? Chances are you're not. And so let's say a post by someone, an author, let's say, does catch your attention and you click on it, you read it, it resonates with you like a lot. You like it and maybe you even comment on on it, right? Maybe, but unlikely, you share it. Now, this is not for an author network. This is not for helping somebody out, like sharing it to help somebody out. This is you as a user. How often do you share posts? I'm guessing not very often. You as a user, again, not as an author, so take that hat off, but as a user, do you go and follow the post to the person who posted it to learn more about them? Chances are not very often. Do you follow the person who posted and then pay attention to what they say the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day? day? I hope you see what I'm getting at here. The quality of traffic that you get on social is so low, it's almost like no wonder you're not having any success. It's not you. Trust me, it's not you. You're up against, I mean, you're up against Jason Momoa. Anyway, that's just what's happening right now on social, right? When people do like your posts or even comment on your posts or even go ahead and follow your account... Because of the algorithm, and let's not blame it on the algorithm, but I mean, that's what's been put in place because so many people are on social. There's like the equivalent of a very large country of people that are on Facebook, and it would be chaos. You would never see anything that you actually wanted to see if there was no algorithm. So the algorithm algorithm gets involved so that you can see your friends' things, and you can see the, the kinds of stuff that you like to see. But what that means is a random person who follows you, a random person who comments once or even shares once, they are almost never going to see your stuff again. And if you think about, again, your behavior as a user, when you've gone and found somebody you liked and you've followed them, you have to make a real effort to find them again. Am I right? And so these random people who find us by accident on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, the chances of them really like falling in love with us and following us actively from then on, it's just very low chances. It just doesn't happen, especially if you're doing it in the way that you're doing it now, which is kind of randomly, kind of spaghetti on the wall. There's not really a strategy for your socials, no offense, but I hope you I hope you get what I'm trying to say that you've been spending a lot of time I'm guessing like I did on social like thinking that this is how you market your book. But it's not. It's not a solid strategy unless you've made it a solid strategy and here's how If you know the numbers of followers you need in order to make sales. If you are funneling people from your social to somewhere else to make sales purposefully, (laughs) on purpose. If you um, have a strategy to attract followers, whether that's paid or organic, and then you have a way that you walk people through a certain set of engagements, and then you have a way to, to sell them or convert them to sales, that's when you're doing it on purpose. So if none of that sounds familiar to you, then you have the more random spaghetti on a wall strategy. And that's why it's not working, but it's not just that, it's that even with a really solid strategy, it's tricky, really tricky. Okay, so that's in a nutshell what we're going to be talking about in this episode or this series, this social media series on the podcast. So I hope you stick around. If you do want to be an influencer, if you do want that kind of like learning in your life and you do want to show up like that, probably this series is not for you. This series is for the rest of us who like throw up in our mouths a little bit when we think about the commitment we would need to really be influencers. And every time I say that, I roll my eyes at myself, but I don't know another word for it. So that's just the word I'm going to (laughs) use. All right, everybody. So come back, listen to the next show if this sounds like you and you want to learn more. Bye for now.